Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lori Clark Show. This episode of my podcast is brought to you with the help of Zoom Us, a video and audio conferencing interface. It's important to know that I'm in no way sponsored by Zoom. I just want to tell you how much I love it. It is very reliable, easy to use, and provides excellent audio and video files that my team and I produce to share the power of story with you. Another non-sponsored, couldn't do without, but just have to tell you how good it is, is Squarespace. When they say it is the all-in-one platform, it really is true. I go into the back end of my website multiple times a day, adjust things, post podcasts, add links, and look at our show's analytics, which all sync across my devices. And when I need an image, Squarespace provides an excellent resource that's powered by Unsplash. Now for my most favorite feature, the Squarespace app. Um, Being a working mom, there never seems to be enough time in my day. So when my daughter's in ballet, I sit in my car and upload, post, and manage everything on my website from the app. It's really cool and seamless. Squarespace is really, really simple and very dedicated to helping me create a brand of excellence. So with that, big shout out to Zoom, Squarespace, and Unsplash. Thank you for helping me tell people's stories. With that said, let's move on to the best part about today, the show. Please allow me to welcome my next guest on The Lori Clark Show. Eileen Smith is a somatic experiencing practitioner and author of Moving Beyond Trauma. She has a master's degree in exercise physiology from New York University and a master's degree in mental health counseling from Argosy University. She's a trauma healer, speaker, and coach that teaches others to live a life of vitality and ease. She is here with us today. She recently wrote an article with mindbodygreen.com. Do you set boundaries or barriers? Here's why the difference matters. Here with me today to talk about boundaries or barriers, please welcome Eileen Smith. Can you talk to us about the confusion with a boundary or barrier? Because you, you, as you talk about in this article, the difference matters. And you, you, you explain a few, you give a few scenarios of people. Um, but would you tell us why, why we need to be aware of a difference here? Well, I think, you know, and I think I, the way I approached it in the article, I talk about this in my own, my own healing journey. Mm. Uh, like that, you know, when we first discover this idea of boundaries, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden, like if we're in this healing process, we're like, oh my God, this light bulb goes off that, oh, I haven't been setting boundaries. I'm saying yes when I mean no. I'm, I'm you know, doing things that I shouldn't be doing when, <laughs> right? But I've been there too, right? So, so then there's that moment, right? Whether you're in a therapeutic process or you figure it out some way, you're like, oh my God, I don't have boundaries. Right. So then the pendulum tends to swing the other way and all of a sudden everything's about a boundary. Like, no, 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 I'm not doing any of that because I have to set boundaries. Yeah. But what happens in that process is because now we're like, we open our eyes to this whole new idea, yeah. we wind up setting, setting up 
boundaries that really become barriers. And so we're not, there's, there's not the barrier, the boundary because doesn't, isn't really given with intention. Ooh. So if we don't give a, if we don't have a boundary with an intention, then we're going to set up a roadblock. And so rather than creating solutions, we become part of a problem. And so my feeling is that boundaries are about creating a healthy way to make sure your needs are met and make, make sure that the other person knows what is required um, of you and from them to create some sort of healthy balance. Mm. Because, because you're creating a boundary because perhaps that you feel or you sense or it's apparent that there is not a healthy balance either with you or with the person that you're in relationship with? I, yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, here you can see, we can, we can use kids as an example, yes. right? So <laughs> I'm sure dealing Talk with... to me, will you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so like with a boundary with your kids is going to look different than you being the no mom, right? Right. Right. Well, the no mom would, in some ways, if I'm thinking it's a boundary, no, no, no. But what if that kid is going, that's just a barrier. You're creating a block and there's no way to pass through that. Right. Right. And so with, with boundaries, right, boundaries is about communication. Yep. It's about being clear, like with your kids, there's a difference. When you just say no, you create a, even if, even if the outcome is the same, the kid's not going to get to do something. Right. You, if you, if you just give them a hard no versus this isn't going to work for mom today and here's why, can we find another solution to the situation? The solution may be that you don't get to do that and whatever, but the boundary is, is really clear and an understanding of what needs to be set up. Hmm. A barrier is like creating more resistance. And, and right, you think about like when you say no immediately without giving it thought, it's generally going to be a barrier. Ooh, I like that. Okay, so, so, so no, just as an amygdala response, like as a first reaction, is going to be the barrier, even if you're soft about it? Um, I think so, because I believe that boundaries need to come with an understanding. If you give a, if you give a hard no, and your kid's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, where did that come from? Like, I just asked for a ride somewhere, or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but if, if, if there's, if the boundary is, you know, from four to six, mom can't do that. This is my time for me versus no, I'm not doing that. And also like, I always think of it this way. Boundaries are about making sure your needs are met. Yeah. But it's also, it's also, it's also making sure that if there needs to be compromise, that you're willing to do that. So boundaries tend to be a little bit more fluid and flexible. Barriers tend to be more rigid. 
And so like, I'll, I'll always think of my, when I'm, when I'm in that, you know, kind of playing with those things. Okay. Is, is my response part of the problem or part of the solution? The oh, solution like is going to be a barrier. It's going to be a boundary. Being in, being in that part of the solution is boundary. Being, you know, being part of creating more of a problem is going to be a barrier. So a barrier would, to me, be more like a shutdown. So you're mm-hmm. shutting down the path and that cycle of relationship. Like if right now, all of a sudden, I just go, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. And I, you know, give you an indication. You're going to be like, okay, I'll see you later. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't want to create, we're trying to, you and I, as, as we don't know one another, but we're trying to create a synergy and a flow to, to, to work together in collaboration, yes. which is fluid. Whereas an barrier is going to be this shutting down turning off or a not uh, being attentive to someone else's emotional need. Right. It's, it's lack of a, attention and attunement. And also, um, you know, just something that I thought of as, as, you're, as you're saying this is boundaries will create more safety. Barriers are going to create more defense mechanism, defensive posture on both sides. So. In terms of the parent-child relationship, you are setting boundaries, but you're setting it for physical, you're setting it for um, emotional needs. So this is a really interesting thing because physically as as mothers, um, it's it's a lot of work when kids are little because it's a there's it's like they're all over you all the time. You can't really create that like thing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Talk to me about a physical barrier or a physical boundary. So I think, I think it's, it's really, it's an interesting, interesting piece of this because when kids are little, how do they regulate? Right. They, they regulate through physical touch with the parents a lot of the time, especially very early on, especially pre pre-verbal is all going to be, is all going to be through physical. So as a parent, there's almost, you know, that's that piece I would say is hard. Your kid's going to need to be held and picked up. And I mean, you know, remember like years ago, you didn't pick your kid up. Like this is many years ago. There was this, the, the thing of you let your kids cry. You don't pick them up. Well, they needed to be regulated. Yes. So I think, I think there is that, that dance that a parent has to do between making sure that there's a boundary, but also not creating that barrier where you're going to dysregulate your kid's nervous system. Because right. that's what barriers, early barriers do for, you know, if kids don't get their needs met at that age. Right. And there, and so eventually what happens is, and you see this a lot with very traumatized um, children that didn't get their needs met. And let's say there was barriers, they eventually just shut down. So fight or flight didn't work. And so the system's going to freeze and they sort of detach from their bodies so that they don't have to um, feel anything. So it's a way of surviving. 
So you see that a lot of times with very traumatized children, they look like they're kind of in like this, uh, maybe you know, people might say, oh, they're just, that child's just so mellow. Well, that kid is just shut down. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so you, you see that quite a bit. So in the article, you talk about your marriage early on in your marriage when you found yourself losing sight of um, your own needs. And this just happens so often. We, you know, you kind of look at each other in your marriage and you go, what went wrong there? Like, what happened? <laughs> and some people, it's, it's too late to turn back the clock because they were trying to please, but they they weren't able to set a boundary and articulate that. And it precipitated an erosion of trust and love and connection resulting in, I don't know if I love you anymore. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I know in my own relationship very early on, like all I wanted to do was make my husband happy. And I did, I started losing sight of what my needs were. So when I started making this shift in a different direction and, you know, I'm not even sure at this point that I set up barriers or boundaries, probably a lot of barriers at first. Cause I was like, all of a sudden I got into the, no, 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 I'm not doing that. And well, you felt like, empowered, right? Like you originally, when you begin to set a boundary, you feel empowered that you've set it. And then, and then you, like you said earlier on, the light goes on and you go, no to everything. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I did. And my husband's looking at me like, like, who are you? Hold on. What happened? So, you know, that's the thing. That's the pendulum. It's like, okay, okay. then I found my voice and I started saying no. And then eventually, you know, I had to find a way back to being able to set ba- real boundaries because those were barriers and, and creating more conversation and more negotiation around a, a boundary. And being really like, hey, this isn't working for me because X, Y, and Z, or this is what I need, rather than that hard no. Of, of, and so, you know, I was just creating, I was creating more problems than a solution, you know, and I knew, and, and so eventually, eventually I figured it out. Um, me and the therapist figured it out, but. <laughs> <laughs> Through a lot of, you know, pain and suffering. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of pain and suffering, but, but ultimately I figured it out. You know, I I know this. I've been in I've been in a relationship for twenty five years, and yeah, long long haulers here. And um, but so Dave and I've been through the the gamut, and you know, it's really interesting because I want to know when you create a barrier, and you know that feeling that comes with it when you're like no, and you just feel it through your whole body. They don't even have to. It could be as simple as you're standing at the kitchen sink and you're cleaning up something and they come behind you and they touch, they grope you, whatever they are new, and you're like, oh. right? No, no. Like, give me space. The kids were around me all day when the kids were young. The kids were around me all day. I don't need you. Just give me, you know. Right. Some don't t- don't touch me, please. But how do you move from that to softness. Well, I think it's about, like, I always think it's about this piece. It's like, how do we slow it down, right? Like your first reaction is this visceral reaction of no. And then it's like, can you, can you be without the reactivity? And this is the part where I, when I, you know, I work with clients, I talk about this a lot. 
It's like, can you become your, enough of your own observer to slow it down and be able to create an articulation? So for example, um, you might, Dave might come up to you like that and you're, it, it's, an, it's, it's being able to be with that visceral experience of, okay, I don't want to be touched right now. And so you might, it might be like being able to slow it down enough to say that to yourself and then turn to Dave and say, Dave, I appreciating, I appreciate that you desire to be close to me right now, but right now I need some space. Can you give me a little while? Wow. So it's, it's, I always, you know, I always say it's like, can we, can we we put the pause button on enough not to be in that reactivity to then create some damage that we have to start cleaning up. Well, yeah, because there's barbed wires everywhere. It's like a barbed wire fence. <laughs> yeah, but but it's 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 how do we? And this is for everything, right? Yeah. How do we become our own enough of our own observer observer to be able to articulate what we're experiencing rather than be in the reactivity of an experience. So when you say, uh, that is beautiful. I, I love that. Becoming your own observer and, and really observing the reactionary position. Now, for those who do not know, what is an observer? Because I am here and I'm not really observing. <laughs> right. So go ahead and give us that insight. So I think um, we get so caught up in our story, right? So it's funny. I, was, I, I had a, a new session this morning with a client and we got so deep into this and it was just so beautiful because um, throughout the session, you know, she is, she was really in her stories. And I, and I finally had a scene of her, like, what would it be like to just notice how much you get into your own story? Uh, so it's like, it's almost like the thing with Dave coming up behind you, like being your own observer. Like you have a whole story. Like, I don't want to be, you know, there's a whole story. I've had a long day. Like, I don't want to be bothered. I'm doing the dishes. And so it's like, it's just the becoming your own observer is the step before the story. It's like, because we're having, we're having this. I think the story is a way for us to check out from being present. If we get the story, we don't have to experience Right, you get into your story, you don't have to experience the feeling of I don't feel like being touched right now. Or so I just want to I want to add here because I know what the observer is. I've become the observer, and now what I do is I I change that story. Mm. My kids aren't little anymore, but there's no reason to keep that pattern. And even when that hadn't happened, Dave is very communicative and he's incredibly aware. And and he said to me, you know, that's really I haven't seen you all day. I love you. I'm not looking to, you know, have intimacy. I'm looking for a, hey, man, I missed you because I love you more than life itself. When I heard him say that, it brought me into a deeper place for me to become the observer. And now he walks to the door and I'm looking for him to embrace. Let's hug. Let's kiss. Okay. There's no conflict. That's so beautiful. So that is what you are suggesting. So the the narrative we tell ourselves, the story we tell ourselves, we don't sit in that for too long in this situation, especially when you're trying to build a boundary. 
Yeah. And so even in building that, the boundary back to the boundary article, it's, it's again, it's, it's about noticing your visceral experience, noticing what you're experiencing in the moment, because that's going to help you better create an appropriate boundary. Because when we get into the story of the way something should or shouldn't be, we don't, we lose sight of, of, of that, the sensory piece of what we really want. Yeah. Ah. So when you were talking to your client this morning and you had this moment and you were sharing with her and saying, look, like how much are you sitting in this story? Um, what, what came of that without, you know, keeping the privilege and everything? Yeah. Um, what came of it was her beginning to recognize that she's got to slow things down. And if she can slow things down, because the story creates a lot of anxiety for this client. And so the work is to get her is to let is to help her nervous system slow down a little bit. So it's not so activated and moving into that anxiety and it's able to start recognizing that she's in the present moment and that she's actually safe here and now. So the subconscious would then be the driver on this, would you say? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. It often is, right? So it's telling you that fight, flight, and freeze. Right. So it's telling you, um, 10 years ago when X, Y, and Z happened, that made us feel unsafe. Today, something similar happened. You're unsafe. Okay. So it's, 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 it's getting her to recognize that she's in the here and now and that she is safe. And so by observing, we keep her out of the, those, those, those other trauma memories that are starting, that are activating her system. There are guidelines for boundaries. What would those be? Guidelines for boundaries. I think the number one thing, and I said this earlier, is am I part of the problem or part of the solution? Um, a boundary should feel good to you. Um, I think you have to be very careful in setting boundaries about, you know, am I saying no when I mean yes or am I saying yes when I mean no? So it's being really clear about what your intention is and what your actual what what are you trying to accomplish? When you set up a boundary, what's the end game? Is the end game is it um, my own needs, the other person's needs, or is it for us to be mutually like? I think in any good compromise and any good um, negotiation, both people might walk away slightly unhappy. Mm-hmm. But so you have to figure out when you're setting up your boundary, what is your number one priority? Is your number one priority your own self need and you don't work, you're not concerned about the other person? Then, then that boundary is going to look very different than wanting to keep the relationship intact. So then the boundary, you can set a boundary and still be quite selfish or narcissistic. You can set a boundary and be, um, have a, a, a unsavory intention. Or you can set a boundary with an internalization of, I hold your heart in my hand and I am looking for a relationship and this is what I'm doing in love. Right. But also, I mean, you can, you know, sometimes when we set a boundary and in a healthy way, we have to put our needs first. 
So I don't know if it's selfish, selfish or narcissistic. Sometimes that is the most important thing. Look, and sometimes we have someone who doesn't really understand that, that they want their needs to be put first. And sometimes we have to put our needs first. You know, I think there's just a fine balance in any relationship. You know, where's their goodwill? Where's their intention? Where's their credits in the bank? And to be able to say, hey, this is what is needed for me right now. Well, and, and a boundary is really about where you are saying, okay, I'm, I'm done right here. Yeah. And, and then, and then they, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then they come into that. Right. And, or I'm done right here for now. Perhaps there'll be a renegotiation of the boundary in a day or two from now or an hour from now. But right now, this is where my boundary is. Just like you as a mom, you know, that boundary is going to move from time to time. The boundary might be, no, I can't do that for you right now. I need some space and time for myself. I can in three hours from now. So a barrier is the roadblock or the block to intimacy. And intimacy being joy, just experiencing joy together, experiencing that moment together. Yes, very much. What happens when you know, uh, you walk into your house after a busy day and you just sort of like are trying to unwind and you know how that is and people are coming at you and you just sort of answer and you answer in a hard, sharp tone. No, yeah, no, just just give me a second. So maybe the boundary is mom needs 15 minutes before she answers any questions. Set before maybe the day before or something like that, or whatever it is. It's it's about it's about being really clear about what you need at that moment, so that you're not in that reactive state. And I think when we set up good boundaries, we are we be, we are we tend to be less reactive well, because it's sort of since we're in charge of what yeah. we're doing, rather than trying to control something that feels maybe out of control. Well, it's balancing. Would you say? Oh, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's a pendulum that can go like back and forth and it can swing back and forth in a conversation. Yeah. And that's yeah. tricky. It's really tricky, but I think it's, I think it's, it's an art form setting, setting good boundaries and not creating barriers is a total art form. And, you know, I think the more that we practice doing it and communicating what we need and communicating in negotiation yeah. the better we're going to be at setting up those boundaries and, and staying away from those barriers. What do you do when someone, when you set a boundary because you value the relationship and you say, look, I, you know what, um, I really can't talk to you about this because the person that you're talking to me about is someone that I love. So we have to set this boundary in our relationship where I will not be able to do that with you. And that person takes deep offense and then they, they push against that boundary. How do you, and what would you suggest to people to, to, in that moment, keep to your boundary and set another one? Yeah. So, so it's a good question. The way I would respond to that is I would just call the person on it and say, hey, you're not respecting my needs here. Okay. And so I, this conversation can't go any further if we're not, if you're not going to respect what my request is. The conversation ends there. And that to me is, that is to me is the boundary. 
Because if someone's not respecting your boundary, you have to continue to set more boundaries. And so that to me is not setting a barrier. That's a, that's, that's about having mutual respect in a relationship. And if you're not getting it, someone's not respecting what your needs are. Um, you know, you have to set up, you have to set up even more solid boundaries. Well, and if you don't understand the power of a boundary and that it doesn't have to be, just remind people that it, it, a boundary is, like you said, flow, flexible. It's, it's, kind but it's, firm it's firm and it's about being i would say when you set boundaries it's about your self-respect Ooh. it's about how are you respecting yourself and so how we and, and i believe this how we treat ourselves is how we're going to treat other people mm. so what do we do with those people who have mental health issues mm-hmm. and we're in connection with them and it's hard. Yeah, that's, 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 that's hard. And so I think when we're dealing with someone with mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or personality disorder, um, I think even more so we have to do the best we can to create safety between the, us and the other person and then continue to set a boundary. And if they can't respect the boundary, I, you know, my feeling is you have to set, create some more separation in relationship that, you know, you have to, yes, because you have to think about what's going to be healthy for you. Um, I think the hard part is when as an adult and as a parent, if you're dealing with a child with mental health issues, it makes it really difficult. But I think it's even more important to set the precedent of what boundaries look like for younger people so that, that, um, that you're at least leading by example and showing them what it looks like when there's a healthy boundary. And they might resist it, but that's, that to me is you have to create that separation and, and it can't be a problem. Could you give a few examples of that for those who maybe do are struggling where they're parents and they're, they're going, I don't know how to set this boundary, my kid, because a lot of people aren't, you maybe they're even, they're not sure if they can diagnose something or they haven't really sought any help and they're just feeling it. They know it, but they're, they're in that in-between stage. What would you, what would you offer to someone who is in that in-between stage? Well, I think it's really important if you have concerns that your child does have some mental health issues that you go and immediately get evaluated. Yes. I I think one of the biggest things that I see with parents that have children that they are concerned of that that may have addiction issues or um, whatever, any other mental health issues is parents are so fearful that about the reactivity of their children. Yes. And as a parent, you have to set, they have to set really clear boundaries and really communicate and be really clear on the intention. And I understand kids will threaten you. I'm, I'm moving out. I'm going to, I'm going to do blank, blank, blank. Yeah. This is the hardest part as a parent. It's separating yourself and saying, okay, if this was another adult, how would I deal with it? I wouldn't put up with this. And it's, it's one of the hardest things is, is to put your own fear aside that something bad is going to happen to your kid but you're not doing your kid any favors if you don't set up boundaries. Because huh. well, all that winds up happening is you enable your kid. 
in the long run, you're going to wind up enabling a kid. Well, and, the, and then they continue on with that behavior, right? Yeah. Because it's acceptable if, 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 they're, if they're assaulting you and they live in your home and you work it through but let them still do it and you're not laying down the boundaries, then, then they continue. They might not assault you anymore, but they just continue to behave like that for sure. Right, 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 right. And, and, and again, I think that parents very easily, when they're in fear, they give away their power um, to their kids that are, that are not well. Wow, that's... You know, and, 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 and you just, I think every parent has to remember, like, what's going to be the best for your kid in the long run? It's setting those boundaries and being really clear about what's acceptable and what's not. Kids need structure. I think parents, parents sometimes forget this. Kids, whether they, they, they resist it or not, they all need structure and guidance. Hmm. So when someone is in trauma, when they've had trauma, but maybe someone, their partner or the person their relationship with has not had trauma. So you have, I would say, uh, for just a lack of a better term, it's not a, it's, one is trauma, one is not. So then there's an imbalance in that. How does that person set healthy boundaries or barriers where they might just be exhausted or there's a big polarization? Well, I think in a relationship when there's one person that's been really traumatized and the other person is not, that imbalance is going to create create a lot of... Um, a lot of disruption into the relationship. So my feeling is always that the person that's had the trauma, hopefully they want to get help and work through those traumas so that they can actually be held in a, they can engage in a healthy way with the person who's had less trauma and the person with less trauma, you know, I guess their job is then to hold a safe space and be supportive of what the other um, the other person is going through. And so your job as a partner of someone that's had more trauma is to help heal, right? Because every relationship, I believe, either has the ability to heal or to, to re-traumatize. Wow. And so you have to decide as a coupleship what you want for your relationship. And so if you're critical and judging of the person that's been traumatized, that's not going to be healing. That doesn't set the stage for any kind of healing. You know, and I know like in my relationship with my husband, you know, we both came in with, and I think most people do into their relationships it's to some degree, there's some unresolved trauma. And so you have to make that decision to, for both parties to take responsibility for their own healing and so that the coupleship can be a safe place to do more healing. Wow. So before we, before we go, um, emotional boundaries or emotional barriers. Mm-hmm. So those are really important because there's also a difference in, in that. And from, from what I can see, an emotional boundary is a set of ground rules that maintains, like you said, this sense of self-respect and your sense of self. Someone, would you say though, that someone who might, may not be feeling worthy or a deep sense of self would have less boundaries? 110% because a lot of times with, with 
when we don't have, um, you know, high self-worth or self-esteem, yeah. we're going to allow, we're going to do things that we don't want to do because we don't want to disrupt a relationship or we don't want to disrupt a situation. And sometimes when we don't have, we, we, when we're in that space and we've had a lot of trauma and there's low self-esteem, we don't even know what we want. So it's even hard to set the, set the boundaries. Um, and so, you know, that piece again is something that also needs to get healed and resolved. Well, you know, when I, when I started looking at this and reading this article and, and it, it boundaries are in everything we do, whether you're, you know, your kids playing on the playground and you go, okay, five minutes and then four <laughs> minutes, two, one, come on. No, I want 10 more minutes. And then you get in this thing. It's right there or it's at the kitchen sink or it's in intimacy or it's in friendship. The, or it's even just about yourself. Boundaries about who you are as a person. Yes, very much so. So leave us with, how would you wrap this up? Um, I think the big thing I would say is that if, um, if you want to be in a healthy relationship that with anyone, like you know, a spouse or a friendship, that, that you have to start with the piece of communication. And communication means being clear about what you want and what you don't want, but also being able to recognize where you're going to be able to have some flexibility in those boundaries. So I think it's about looking at the, the big picture of how you're going to create flow and fluidity in your life. I like that. So the wrap up. The wrap up would be: Do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? Yes, I want to be part of the solution. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's much. It's a much nicer way to be living. It sure is, isn't it? And and you know, but and for me, I know that as we wrap up, to say boundaries are they're hard to feel. It's hard to initiate something like that. There's a lot of times, like you said. That narrative, that story that goes in your head that goes, you can't possibly set that boundary. They don't respect, like they're going to say, they're going to push back. They're going to say no to you. They're, but It boundaries. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still, it's about, this is about your own work. And it's exactly. just about. Exactly. This is about you. Yep, this is about work. what works for you. And yep. it is okay that they don't understand that. Exactly. That's so good. And it's really freeing. Oh. Completely. Because it's a game changer for sure. Because would you say that it weeds people out? Like if you set a boundary and they go, that's it. I, I, I'm out. Well, okay. It's one way to to get your relationship. Well, it's it's also a way to weed out who's going to, who's respecting who you are and who's not respecting you. And if your boundaries are unhealthy, then you're feeding someone else's power. That's exactly right. This is about empowering yourself. 110%. Picking, picking you. Yes, yes, 110%. Well, thank you for coming on the show today. And thank you for talking about this. This is really important. And um, I thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for having me. This is great. 